Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. If you would grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, please, and join me in Acts chapter 8 as we finish out Acts 8 this morning. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, greeters, those who are at the soundboard, the video board. In the nursery, thank you for each one who continues to serve, especially those who are serving behind the scenes who a lot of you don't even see. It takes a lot in order to make sure things are organized and run, and uh, we appreciate each one of you. Acts chapter 8. So this morning, 1045, we're not run by time, but I'm hoping to get you out here early, okay? So you say Amen. My son just did, but uh, um, I want to I want to bring to you the word. But it, it's uh, it's a passage that you probably read before. You probably know the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And so, what we want to do is, uh, I think there are three truths to kind of take away from this passage this morning. And so, what I'd like to do is read it, um, and then we'll kind of go back through and just kind of walk through and look at those three uh, main aspects. So. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. If you want to follow along, you can follow along with with your word right there in front of you, your Bible or your phone. Um, It'll also be up on the screen behind me. Let's read together. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he arose and went, and there was an Ethiopian a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. As the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture, uh, with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded his chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotos, and he passed through. Uh, as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Will you pray with me? Lord, thanks for your word. We thank you for being a God who loves us and cares so much for us. We pray that you would take the truths of the word in this passage today 
And again, apply them to our hearts. Help us to be open and receptive to what you'd have us to hear. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today's sermon is titled, Giving Guidance. Giving Guidance. And so what we see really here is the continuation of what we see in Acts chapter 1 as Jesus comes to the apostles and and tells them that he wants them to be his witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so two weeks ago, we saw where Philip was uh, going and where he went to the Samaritans. And now what we see here is the continuation of that. And now we had an Ethiopian eunuch who is now going to hear the gospel, going to receive the gospel, and is going to go back to his land, and the gospel continues to go. So now it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and now, what is it? The uttermost parts of the world. The gospel is spreading, and we see it here uh, firsthand as we're reading through Acts chapter 8. When we look at this, we see Philip, he's coming from Jerusalem, and so he was preaching in Samaria all right, and and he went. He must have went back with the apostles um, as they were there uh, in Samaria. Peter and John had come and prayed over those believers in Samaria, and and the Spirit was brought upon those believers, the Samaritan believers. Philip returned to Jerusalem, and as uh, he is there, the Spirit of the of God says to Philip. And uh, I think this is important. It's something that we can look past. But in this passage especially, but in chapter 8 and chapter 9 and chapter 10, we're going to continue to see where the Spirit of God is active and working. And so that's why when we looked at the title of what this book is, it isn't just about the apostles. It's not just about the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit using the acts of the apostles to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And so it's very evident as we walk through uh, this passage, but also the next couple weeks, that we're going to see firsthand the Spirit working. And so the Spirit speaks to Philip. And this is kind of our number one truth that that I want to ask you today. Are you allowing the Spirit to speak to you? Are you allowing the Spirit to speak to you? Are you listening? When I think back to some of the times where I've heard the Spirit speak, I think back to when I went to teen leadership conference um, between my junior and senior year that summer. And as I sat there at the teen leadership conference and I heard Ken Rudolph preaching, I couldn't help. I was overwhelmed. Um, The Spirit was speaking to me and said, I want you to do what he's doing. And that was to preach. That was to speak to young people. As I saw other young people responding um, to the word that had been preached, I sat there in my chair, and and I I knew the Spirit was calling me um, to go and to preach. And so um, I didn't think it was going to be this. I thought it was going to be a youth pastor for my whole life. Uh, I was ready for that. Um, I really never saw youth ministry as a stepping stone. Um, I, I saw it as something that God called me to. And so that was an example of God specifically in a very real way uh, speaking to me. I remember another time where um, Lisa and I were just going through some challenges here in the ministry, and it was very early on in our ministry here, and through that time, we we were kind of unsettled. It was 
don't worry, it's not within the last 15 years, okay? It's, it was a while ago. Um, in that time, though, we were really struggling, and struggling in our faith, struggling with our walk with the Lord, but struggling, like, is this where God wants us to continue in ministry? And so we prayed, and I remember one specific night laying in my bed, and, and I was wrestling with God, and God spoke to me throughout that night. I didn't sleep uh, that night, and, uh, and Lisa woke up the next morning, and she's like, are you okay? And I said, well, I said, I feel like I have an answer um, to where, where we're supposed to be, and I said, I feel like God said we're not supposed to leave yet, and she kind of said, okay. Now, you got to understand, that was a time where we were both really wrestling with we were ready to kind of go, and, uh, and our passion and our love for the Lord had kind of just dwindled out a little bit, and we were ready just to move on and see where else. And there was some, there's another church um, in Indiana, youth ministry back then, and when I told that to her and said, hey, I think the Lord wants us to stay, and uh, she just said, okay, and I knew that was confirmation. Like, she didn't say, well, what about, or don't you remember these, it was... It was confirmation that the Spirit of God was speaking. And, and I hope that you can, just as I've shared two stories with you, that, that you can put your finger on that, on the Spirit speaking to you. And that, that can be confirmation for you. That First, that you're a child of God. And second, that God does speak to us. I believe that God uses his word. I believe that God uses his Spirit activating that word in our minds and our hearts. And I believe that God uses other people uh, in the body of Christ to help challenge us and mold us uh, as we seek to follow the Lord. So we see Philip, he's, he's listening um, to the spirit, but we see this other person. And so let's talk about this Ethiopian court official. All right, he's, he's the head treasurer, uh, but he's also a eunuch. All right, and eunuch, uh, I won't go too deep here uh, in our time, but uh, this was not uncommon for court officials during this time, if you do a little bit of study, um, because it helped kind of protect um, their, their people closest to them. So a king or a queen would often have a eunuch around them um, because it protected their harem or those around them, their family, their closest family uh, from those advances of, of trying to usurp um, their own lineage, their own overthrowing of the government. And so this wasn't uncommon, um, but we see that this Ethiopian eunuch um, was in Jerusalem. And so what we see is that he believed in God, um, but he wasn't uh, a proselyte Jew, meaning he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, he had a faith in God, but he probably wasn't allowed into the temple. All right. Because if you look back in Jerusalem 20 or Deuteronomy 23, uh, 23.1, it's pretty clear about what the law says about a eunuch, all right? And so they weren't allowed entering into the temple, but he went, which shows his commitment and his dedication to God. And so he visited the temple, but he probably couldn't enter the temple. Um, let's, let's look at his title here, verse 27 uh, Philip arose and he went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. 
Now, in doing some study and research, uh, we see that this eunuch was serving Candace. Um, and this term is probably the same as what we would see used for Pharaoh. It wasn't a personalized name. It was a term used because there were many queens of the Ethiopians that used this term Candace. All right. And so uh, the Ethiopians were not part of the Ethiopia that we know today. It was probably part of what we see in the Old Testament, the Cush or the Cushites. All right. And Isaiah 18, 7 um, that probably refers to the Ethiopian um, believers, the people there who came and worshiped God in Isaiah 18, 7. Um, the Ethiopian leader, uh, this queen, may have been named. She ruled from 2141 to 21 to 41 AD, and that is Amantatur. Um, that's the name of this queen that, that led at this time. Um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of actually even pyramids um, and uh, relics that you could look at and look up. Uh, this is real. I, I just say all that to you because people say, well, this, this isn't real history. No, when you dig and you start looking at it, this is real. And so this Ethiopian eunuch uh, had a responsibility, and that was to serve the, the queen of the Ethiopians. He was given charge over the treasury. He went and he worshiped God. And in doing so, um, he is leaving Jerusalem, and he's reading, he's reading the word. He's reading the Bible. And uh, so the spirit comes upon Philip in verse 29. says to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so Philip ran to him. I like this Philip because when you look at him, he's a runner, all right? And so he fits me really well. And so Philip and I relate well together. Um, but he runs. He ran over, heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he asked, do you understand what you are reading? Which is a great question. Do you understand what you're reading? And I think as we seek to help uh, others to know the word of God, that's an easy question hey, have you ever read the Bible and do you understand uh, what you've read? And so Philip makes it very simple. Do you understand what you're reading? And uh, the, the Ethiopian eunuch has a response and he says in verse 31, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And so that's where the title of today's message really is, Giving Guidance. And so when we think about as, um, as God leads us and speaks to us, um, he has placed us here um, to give him glory, but also there are times where he wants to use us to help give guidance to others. You may be sitting here this morning or listening this morning, and you may say, well, I don't have very much biblical knowledge it doesn't take a whole lot of biblical knowledge to understand, A, who God is, and B, who Jesus is. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God's son, and that God sent him, and that he died on the cross, he was buried, and three days rose again? Do you believe that? If you believe that with all your heart, you trust that Jesus forgives you of your sin and makes you right in God's sight, that's all you need to know in order to help give guidance to somebody else. You may not have all the answers, and that's okay. We need to study the word, and we need to be in it, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But 
I think sometimes we become so intimidated thinking that we've got to know and understand every aspect of the word of God in order to tell somebody about Jesus, and that's not the answer. Uh, You and I have the great opportunity to be able to share who Jesus is. And so we see that, that Philip does that. He talks about the good news about Jesus. And so um, verse 35, it says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture. What's this scripture? He's talking about Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, it's interesting to know what Dr. Luke records of that. He records verses 7 and, and 8. And, and in doing so, he doesn't necessarily talk about all the suffering that's in Isaiah 53 which is kind of what Dr. Luke does. If you look at how he records in his gospel and then even in the book of Acts of how he records Jesus, he doesn't go into great detail of of Jesus' suffering. But with that being said, um, what the emphasis here is, what Luke is trying to emphasize is that ultimately that Jesus is God's agent that he has sent And that through his suffering and death, even though he has suffered and even though he died, um, that doesn't make him less uh, the Messiah. That Jesus, just because, and again, put yourself there, first century church, first century living, and you hear this gospel about a Messiah who who was suffering and who died. All right, and you say, "Well, that's not who I want to follow. I want to follow somebody who's got extraordinary power and somebody who's got uh, overcomes death." Well, as people hear about Jesus, they hear about his power and his miraculous work, but they also hear that he raises from the dead. But in so doing, they think, "How how does a Messiah, the one who is to rule over the nation of Israel, how how come he has to suffer? How come he has to die?" And ultimately, we see in Philippians, Paul writes about this and the importance of suffering, the importance of Jesus becoming man, becoming like us and dying in our place. And so as Dr. Luke records for us, and and I think even Philip, as he goes and he shares the good news, he's trying to explain and to help them to see that even though the Messiah suffers and dies, he is still fit to be the Messiah, that Jesus is that fulfillment of Isaiah 53. So he hears that good news, um, and as they were going along, we, we, it doesn't, Dr. Luke does not say it, but we can, we can, we can assume that this is true, um, that, that the Ethiopian eunuch believes. He believes in Jesus because as they were going along the road, they came to some water, verse 36, and the eunuch says, see, here is water, what prevents me from being baptized? And so we know that baptism does not save a person. We believe that. The Bible does, never says that. It's faith. It's placing one's trust in the fact that Jesus Christ died and that he rose again three days later. Uh, and in that, taking our sin upon himself and the pain and the suffering that we deserved. So the Ethiopian eunuch sees this body of water. They're talking about baptism, and he says, hey, what, what about me? Can I be baptized? And again, this, this if, if we don't stop and pause, we can easily miss this. Who is this man who's asking to be baptized? He's an Ethiopian eunuch. All right? This is the same guy who is not allowed to go into the temple. And he's asking, am I allowed 
to do this. And so here he is given the great privilege and that's what we get to enjoy today of being baptized and in so doing, proclaiming his faith in who Jesus was. And so um, uh, verse 38, he commanded the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And then uh, the beginning of that next verse says, and when they came up out of the water, what this passage shows us, and when you look at the terms for baptism, it, it is uh, baptizo, meaning to immerse. And so where do we as Baptists get the, the thought that sprinkling or that to immerse is more? It comes from the Greek term here, but it also, we get to see, Dr. Luke gives us um, some help in understanding that they go down into the water, they come up out of the water, meaning this is a larger body of water and they're actually in it. It's not some probably little stream. This is a larger uh, area of water. And again, it, it would be very simple and clear for us, but the term tells us to, to baptize or baptize here is immerse, immersion, baptizo. And it's the same thing that you do when you have a um, a cucumber and you want to turn it into a pickle. You don't just sprinkle it with a few seasonings and a little bit of vinegar and let it sit. You have to dunk it under. I remember uh, mom and dad making, making our own and uh, we had this big uh, clay pot that we filled up with all kinds of seasonings and we put those cucumbers in and in order to make sure that they all got seasoned, we had a pan that we put on and that pan on top of that was some weight um, to hold that down so that they stayed under, all right, into the water. Now, we, we aren't going to, when we baptize, we don't keep you down under, all right? We don't say, okay, we got to hold your breath for 10, 10 seconds. It's nothing like that. Or in order to be a good pickle, we'll keep you there for, you know, five minutes. It's not that. But there is that symbolism that I believe um, it, that we see even of Jesus as he sets the example for us of being dunked under, to be down under the water, showing, symbolizing his death, his burial, and his resurrection and that new life. For those who are listening and those who are here, let me encourage you, if you've never been baptized, but you believe you have a faith in Jesus Christ as he is your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you, this is a real act of obedience. And it's something that you're, your eternal life isn't based upon it, but it is an act of obedience that God desires for us. And I believe that with all my heart. And we see those who, uh, especially in the book of Acts, those who are trusting Jesus, that's one of the first things that they do to show an inward faith and outward expression. Baptism is that outward expression to others. This is what I believe of that inward faith. And so we see Philip um, baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. And then something that probably all of you wonder, uh, that next part of the verse, which is really cool. Verse 39 says, So when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Az Azotus. Now what's really cool is um, the terms here help us to see that this was an act of the spirit. 
Okay, this wasn't just uh, Philip forgot where he was going and as he came up out of the water, he was dizzy or, you know, and wandered up along someplace. No, the Spirit of God actually took him and, and, and transported him into somewhere else. And God was done using him here. Uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, we see his response. He didn't just stay there uh, or look for Philip. No, he, he went away rejoicing, meaning he, the spirit of God was living inside of him. And so in this act of obedience, this act of belief and baptism, um, the terms here are important as we look in the book of Acts, rejoicing in, in connection with this is, is probably that connection again of the spirit is filling this Ethiopian eunuch. He has the spirit of God living inside of him. And so as he goes, he goes away rejoicing, proving that again, there's something miraculous that has changed his life. But Philip, Philip finds his way uh, up into a city that's farther north. And then he preaches the gospel and continues his way up to Caesarea. And we're going to find out later, Paul's going to visit Caesarea in Acts chapter 21, uh, verse 8. And this is where Philip is going to make his home. And he'll be here. He'll be found here with his girls. Uh, He's going to have some daughters. And so we'll find out more about Philip in Acts chapter 21. But God will use him along the way as he travels up the coastline of Israel, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. So point number one was, are you allowing the spirit to speak to you? Are you listening Two, are you growing and learning so that you may be a guide to someone else? Um, I talked a little bit about that, about knowing the gospel. But don't just stop there. Don't use the excuse that, well, I don't have a lot of time or I just don't, I'm not a good student. It takes time and it takes energy and it takes effort. But let me tell you, when you study the scriptures, you can't help but to want to proclaim him. He becomes more real in your life and you see evidence of it. And so study the word. You say, well, I'm not a good reader. Then get the audio. We have so many tools today for you to learn and to study the word of God. Some of those tools are outstanding. Uh, Some of those tools are are not biblical. And so you have to be careful. Um, But there are lots of great tools out there. Um, Like I said in, in the past, there's some great tools on here. Be careful, don't. Don't become distracted as, you're, as you may use this. But man, there's a great Bible app that has devotionals that will help guide you and walk you through the word. But make sure it doesn't take you away from the word. All right, You want a devotion that will help you dig into the word so that you may understand it better. And, and that's the tools that God has given us today. Uh, so, the, the, so that question is, are you growing and learning so that you may be a guide to somebody else? You don't know when that person may come across your path, but you want to be ready for that. Uh, Peter says, are you ready in season and out of season, ready to give an answer for the word of why you live your life the way that you live it? So the third is this, where does God want to use you? Where does God want to use you? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or the ends of the earth? Well, God wants to use you right now where you are, but he may call you to go somewhere else. And ultimately, we want you to be obedient to the Lord. And you need to be obedient to the Lord. Philip listened to the Spirit of God, and he moved. 
All right, he went down on the dusty road and then he ran over to the chariot to talk to the Ethiopian eunuch. And then he went to the next town and then he went to the next town. Wherever God led him, Philip was obedient. Now, what about you? Are you willing to go wherever the Lord wants you to go? That may be here. That may be in your home. That may be in your city and in your town. But it may be more than that. And God may have a plan to use you to have an impact on somebody else so that as they go and live their life, now they're reaching others. I think about that in, in our, our family here at West Hill. That's one of the great joys of being here for 21 years now, of being able to see the different people and to hear now as God has moved them to different places around the world that God is using them to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want. Are you being that tool? Are you willing to listen to the Spirit? Are you growing and learning in the understanding of the Word so that you can help give guidance to somebody else? You say, well, I'm not cut out to that. That's part of our responsibility. It doesn't matter if you think that you're cut out for it or not. God has you here on this earth to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ. In so doing, we get to be open. God help us to be open and receptive to, as he leads to be open and be obedient to his guidance so that we may go where he has us to go. Whether that's right here, Jerusalem, down the road, Judea, Samaria, or it could be across the globe somewhere else. Will you pray with me, Lord? Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you that when we see Jesus, we can be like the Ethiopian eunuch who went on his way rejoicing. Lord, we rejoice because we know what Jesus has done. He's changed our life. Thank you for changing our life, Lord. Thank you for the hope that Jesus provides. Lord, in a world and a time where we can be very overwhelmed and distracted, we can become focused on ourselves and our own issues and the own, our own problems. We can become distracted. We can become discouraged. Lord, take us back to the sweetness of our salvation so that we may rejoice because you've given us the greatest gift that we could ever have and that is your son Jesus Christ and in so doing we have nothing to fear we have no one to worry about because we can trust you we've trusted you with our lives of etern- for all eternity and we can trust you here and now And so, Lord, bring back the joy of our salvation. Lord, we confess that that we've allowed these different things to sway us, to turn us from Jesus. Lord, help us to listen to the Spirit as you guide and direct us. May we continue to be students of your word, studying it, examining it, applying it, 
to our lives so that we may not have the world's thinking, but we may have your thinking and understanding so that we can have your heart so that we can continue to give guidance to those who need you. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you that you never leave us. Thank you that you'll never forsake us. Help us to live these truths out. Lord, this day and in the days to come. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.